What's happening everybody? We are back. We are back. We are back. I can't say it enough. This has been so long in the making. I'm so excited to finally be back doing what we love to do. Um, some of y'all have followed us from when I had my show, Inside the Thin Line. Uh, we had Talk Gumbo from Mr. Brian Miller, who will introduce himself in a second. We was on Court of Public Opinion. We've been True Crew. We have been so many things and had so many people conspire to get us silenced that, you know what, we're not going to be silenced anymore. So without further ado, for those of you who are new to the show, <clears throat> this is the Sound of Sirens podcast. I am one half of the hosts Larry Frederick. I could use my full name. I don't care. Um, I am a full-time fireman within Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have some new followers. I can't wait to uh, have y'all chime in and pitch in with different ideas and thoughts. So without further ado, Mr. Brian Miller, if you want to introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Brian Miller. I've been a, a policeman and fireman off and on since uh, 1985. Um, hmm. My most recent time, I was a paid fireman on the West Bank of Jefferson Parish in the 7th District uh, in 2013, and I left in 2019. Uh, still monitor what's going on, still have friends and family involved in the fire service, um, and look forward to it. I love podcasting. I mean, we had a great time originally with Talk Gumbo for me, and then with joining up with you and, and Tattoo at the time with the True Crew and uh, in the... Thin, the, the inside, the inside line the thin and... line uh, we had some great <clears throat> times i i just hope with this one that you know both of us have talked and and said this isn't about us it's about the educating the public about first responders be it police fire uh ems paramedics absolutely uh, listen even doctors and nurses fall into that category um and we just want to educate the people on the money that they vote for and, and how and why it should be spent in certain ways. And if we can make it a better mm -hmm. industry for everybody, because I'm sure the topics we're going to talk about are not just topics that are affecting us here locally, but it's across the nation. Right. And so that's a good segue for me to jump back in. Um, previously, when I had Inside the Thin Line, we did um, a, a bunch of segments every week, um, starting with the line of duty death counts, how they happen, and then we take the most recent death and elaborate on it further. We're going to still do that. We're going to talk about fire and police primarily, only because the information from the EMS aspect is not so readily available. Right. Um, not that we're excluding you or excluding anybody else, because we want to touch on all first response, not just police and fire, like Brian said. We're also going to spotlight a uh, particular first responder from fire and police who are standing out in the neighborhoods that they patrol in and and work in, potentially live in. Um, we're also going to spotlight departments, um, whole departments, whether it be police, fire, both. Um, and then from there, we'll divulge in some discussion, uh, whatever the topic may be for that week. I, I do want to precedent that by saying 
it's not always going to be um it's not always going to be so good of a discussion no um it is going to be a trigger for some people um especially those who know that we're speaking on them a uh, little insight is the last time i had the show i was actually bullied off of it um and and bullied into ceasing and desisting the show based on things that we were talking about um people said that we had no merit in our discussion people said that we did not do the proper research we did not have the proper avenues and channels to go down which is completely false anything that we've ever posted or said or or did had some kind of merit or paperwork background paper trail behind it um i'm not gonna say where we get it from but everything that we talk about is basically public information um that's what i was gonna say listen it's not like i'm the <clears throat> innovator or uh, i i'm privy to something i just took advantage of what's out there and it's called public records anybody can do it and i don't even attest to being the smartest tool in the shed but <laughs> some of the p public records that you get like i'm showing you this paperwork here uh, eventually we will have this not only in audio, but we'll have it in video, so it'll show proof that we have the paperwork. Mm -hmm. But anybody can get it. That's the thing. You weren't, and right. you're not. Right. I am, or we are, and, and <clears> we're <throat> trying to get it not just to our first responder friends and family, but we want the public that we serve to know what's going on and what's there. Absolutely. So to echo him, um, it's primarily to start with going to be about a bunch of local issues only because it's happening in front of our faces. Um, so it's easier to talk about. And has been. So I want to, I want to say <clears throat> we do have an email set up. It's sirenspodcastofficial at gmail.com. It's all one word sirens podcast official at gmail.com if you ever have a question comment concern you want to curse us out you want to thank us anything you want to do drop us an email we'll get back to you as soon as possible we have it open the duration of the show so if you say something live that we can we can elaborate on we'll go ahead and do that for you i know we have a lot of people that were really looking forward to this show some people i did not expect to be looking forward to it um and I'm happy to be doing it again. With that being said, I'll go ahead and start us off on our first segment. Correct. <clears throat> All right. So the first segment we have for y'all is just like Inside the Thin Line. It's our line of duty counts uh, for the year as of August 2nd, 2022. So for fire, we're looking at 64 total line of duty deaths as of 12 p.m. today um that's 17 from stress or overexertion 12 unknown still pending uh 12 vehicle collisions seven exposures five collapse four hit by vehicle two trapped one assault one other one fall one out of air one contact with path uh pathogens our latest death is Brian McCowan. Brian McCowan is a firefighter cadet 
from Huntsville, Alabama with the Huntsville Fire and Rescue. On Thursday, July 28, 2022, Firefighter Cadet Brian McGowan was at a training exercise when he suffered a medical emergency and he collapsed. He was immediately taken to the Huntsville Hospital where he passed away a short time later. The investigation into the incident continues. He was only 31 years old and he was actively trying to become a full-time fireman. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the Huntsville Fire and Rescue in Huntsville, Alabama. Chief Howard McFarland, we send our condolences and our sympathies. We hope that his friends, family, and all of that have uh, some closure to that case very soon. So without further ado, we're going to kick it over to Brian. Brian's going to be handling the police aspect of it as I do the fire. So Brian... Our total line of duty deaths for this year are 152 in law enforcement police. Um, two of them are 9-11 related illnesses. One was accidental. Four, an aircraft accident. One, uh, animal related. 18 in automobile crashes. 58 from COVID-19. Uh, duty related illness was four. Fire, one. Gunfire, 39. Gunfire inadvertent, 1. Heart attack, 6. Heat stroke, 1. Struck by vehicles, 3. Training accident, 1. Vehicle pursuit, 3. And vehicular assault, 9. Um, and our most recent line of duty death uh, is from the Wayne County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina. As of today, um, give me one second. Sergeant Matthew Fishman was shot and killed while serving involuntary commitment papers uh, in the 2500 block of Arrington Bridge Road in Dudley, in North Carolina, Wayne County, North Carolina. At 10:30 a.m., Sergeant Fishman and two other Wayne County Sheriff's deputies arrived at the home, and the subject fired at the officers. The subject barricaded himself inside the house until the SWAT team entered at 8 p.m. and found the subject dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Whoop! Too far. Sergeant Fishman was transported to ECU Medical Center. Uh, and he succumbed to his wounds the following day. The other deputies were transported to ECU Medical Center and Wayne University Hospital and are listed in stable condition. All three officers were wearing bulletproof vests. Sergeant Fishman served the Wayne County Sheriff's Office for 12 years and had previously served with the Mount Olive Police Department. He was survived by his wife and two children and father. Uh, he was 38 years old. That's still a young man. So again, uh, again, we do want to um, send our condolences and our sympathies to uh, this young man's family, friends, co-workers. In the Wayne County Sheriff's Department. Absolutely. Um, we hope that uh, y'all find some closure to that really soon. And I know it never gets easier. And unfortunately, the, the numbers keep going up. Um, I think it shows a lack of a lack of respect for the most part uh, just around the nation for for people who wear that color badge unfortunately it, you know it, it it hit it hits home because it's happening around here a lot more also 
Um, so the next the next segment that we're going to, y'all might remember, is the first responder of honor. Uh, for a fire this week, uh, I'm going with a uh, off-duty firefighter who rescued a two-year-old found face down in a lake. This happened in Minnesota. The article says off-duty firefighter rescues two-year-old face down in Minnesota Lake. The South Dakota firefighter began performing CPR while his 16-year-old daughter called 911. So the Otter Tail County Sheriff's Office received a call of a two-year-old male found face down in the water near shore on Sand Lake, north of Pelicans Rapids, on July 31st at approximately 10.57 a.m. The Sheriff's Office said that several families had gathered for the weekend to spend time at the lake, and sometime during the late morning, a family member realized that two-year-old wasn't present inside of the residence. Both families immediately went looking for the two-year-old, both inside and outside, before the boy's father located him face down in the water near shore. Fortunately, a member of the visiting family, a 42-year-old firefighter with the department in South Dakota, immediately began CPR and life-saving efforts while his 16-year-old daughter called 911. Life-saving efforts were performed for roughly one minute before the child began to breathe again prior to the arrival of local first responders. The two-year-old was transported to a nearby hospital for medical treatment, and his current condition is stable. In addition to the sheriff's office, Ringdahl Ambulance and a Pelican Rapids police officer were dispatched to the scene. So I want to commend that off-duty fireman. Uh, he kind of wanted to remain anonymous. He didn't give his name, but... If you somehow hear this, uh, I commend you being in the right place at the right time and uh, saving that kid's life. Because of you, he now has years of life to look forward to. So for our police, we are going to go to Apache Junction, Arizona, um, where there's currently some flooding uh, issues going on. An officer's body camera caught dramatic footage of a woman being rescued from rushing monsoon floodwaters last week. The rescue, uh, which was released, or the video, I should say, which was released from Apache Junction Police Department, shows two officers, one detention officer, and a firefighter working tirelessly to save a woman who became stranded in her SUV in the floodwaters. The department wrote on Twitter that they had responded to 24 different calls for service related to flooding the same day as the water rescue. Ma'am, it's going to go under, one officer says about the sinking car. Hurry, the water is coming. The woman, who's worried about her dog, eventually gives the officer her hand, and the responders were able to successfully pull the woman from the vehicle in the floodwaters. At the end of the video, the department wrote that they were unable to retrieve the woman's dog unfortunately from the the floodwaters so i'd like to give a shout out to not only i mean this kind of covers both we got two policemen a corrections or detention officer and a firefighter all responding to this uh woman right. in need all right so for both of those individuals or in <clears throat> people that we just mentioned i want to give you all a round of applause real quick go ahead and give it to them all right, and our next segment is going to be the department spotlights, where we're going to take uh, a department from, it, it ain't always local, it's going to be from around the nation, just like we said in the beginning. My firefighter department that I'm going with is the Lexington, Kentucky Fire Department. 
The reason I chose them is because I don't know if you, some of y'all have followed the news, but there's been massive flooding around the Kentucky area. Um, and the Lexington Fire Department actually deployed multiple crews, two boats, and its mobile ambulance bus, uh, along with 10 other counties uh, in EMS. So um, I'm not going to I'm not going to go into exactly what the article says. But they received a request for assistance from Eastern Kentucky, and they sent Swiftwater crews and and uh, a whole load of apparatus. So that's actually currently happening. So uh, not only do I want to send my my thoughts and prayers to all involved and and anyone who uh, untimely perishes, if at all, during these floods, but also want to send kudos to the Lexington Fire Department for being on standby and ready and sending all that crew um, to, to jump into action and save their own people. So with that, Lexington Fire Department, y'all are my firefighter department spotlight this week. So moving over to the police department spotlight, I'll let Brian take that one. I don't necessarily have a... Uh, first off, I think policemen uh, on a daily basis can... And not just policemen, but all first responders on a daily basis can do heroic acts uh, at any given time. But one of the things that I believe in, I call it yes, youth, elderly, safety or security. Um, we, we as first responders need to make sure that we're looking out for our youth. We remember and, and appreciate our elderly, which is our history, and that our job is to provide safe and secure things um here locally in jefferson parish we have many different age groups of youths that are currently playing in softball and baseball world series games um and i'd like to give a shout out to chief keith conley and the kenna police department for recognizing a team that comes from out of kenna by the butch dewey playground they're going to waco texas to play in the world series and Chief Conley and the Kenner police escorted them. I mean, as a kid, that's like a cool thing. You, you like a pros, you know, you're getting this escort right, it's to, almost, to go play. It's almost like a parade of sorts. Right. You just, hey, I'm here. And and I don't know that they, they escorted them all the way to Texas. Maybe they did. But the fact that they escorted them uh, for ways down I-10 heading out to Texas, I just think is, is really cool. Um, Chief Conley is a very new police chief elected within let's say the past two months matter of fact he took office july 1st mm. so he's uh he's really made an impact mm. positively on some of the things that they are doing in kenna so my props goes out to chief conley and the kenna police department sounds good so shout out from me also <clears throat> to the kenna police department y'all may pull a lot of people over but y'all doing some good things out there uh <laughs> Alright, so the moment y'all have been waiting for, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty, some discussion. Um, our local people will appreciate this. Uh, and our, our national and, and worldwide people may appreciate it also. Uh, I know when I had Inside the Thin Line, I had viewers in Europe, I had viewers in the UK, I had viewers in Australia, so on and so forth. We're at 20 minutes right now. This intro show is going to go for an hour, every show after this, for the... Next, however, the uh, long we're able to do this without uh, being either canceled or me fired, 
Uh, we're going to go for two hours. Uh, but, again, uh, warning. If, if you're easily triggered by the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, now's probably the time to cut, uh, cut your earphones off and, and stop listening. If you are into the truth, you are into... Uh, people talking about ways to solve issues instead of just bringing the issue up and leaving it. Uh, now's the time you really want to tune in. And I will, I will say this uh, about what we're doing is we do have public record. We do have facts that everything we're going to say in Spitfire in the next 40 minutes is pure public record. It can be found with the right search. And on top of that, anything that we say we're going to back it up with facts. So I will post the proof on our Facebook page. If you haven't yet joined it, search The Sound of Sirens podcast on Facebook. You could find it. I've sent out mass invites. Brian will do the same. Um, so, yeah, in saying that, I will uh, let him kick the conversation off unless you have something to add to that. Um, like I said, originally um, when we discussed redoing this, podcasting it's to educate and you can say educate the public but even as firefighters and policemen first responders we need to be educated on what's really happening out there i think there's a big discussion um <clears throat> and i've always been one that feels i'll say it like this when i was actively involved in the seventh fire district of jefferson parish which is on the west bank bridge city avondale wagaman Kennedy Heights and Nine Mile Point is the district that I yeah, worked the, in. The, the rep areas. Right. Um, I was speaking to a councilman and his aide. Uh, the councilman that I was speaking to at the time, uh, term limited at the district level, ran for an at-large but lost. But speaking to him and his aide about some of the situations that was going on, I was told if the public doesn't know and they don't have an outcry, we're not going to address it. And from that day forward, I said, have no fear. I will do everything I can to make sure the public knows. And I think we still have that issue of, on both sides, there's the political leaders and then also with, we'll just say some of the, the fire administrators, they don't want the public to know what's really going on. And I'm sorry, that's who we serve. Our money is not brought in from doing fundraisers and boot shakes, we collect a tax mill that is voted on by the people, the citizens. Absolutely. And in some of these areas, you might be a fireman serving for one of these departments, or you may be the very chief serving at departments, and you're not just the chief of firemen, you actually live there. So you voted for the very money that we're looking and going to be talking about. Right, or the lack of allocation. <clears throat> right. Um, which is, we'll get into it. Um, so, uh, a part of the reason that, that we're even doing the show again, uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, kind of just touching on it, I was, I was bullied out of doing my show originally, which is why we jumped to the talk gumbos and the, mm. the court of public opinions right. and, mm. and everything that we did after that. So, uh, by saying bullied out of it, I was continually, continually contacted by what was at the time the fire service director um, of Jefferson Parish. The fire service director was not happy with 
the things that I was saying, or or should I say we, we were saying, and went back and contacted some of the people who he found to be in question of what we were bringing up. Yep. I always remained anonymous throughout the entire show. I never once said my name. I went by Heatwave. That was my alias. It took for somebody who is no longer a fire chief in Jefferson Parish to tag me by my real name on the podcast page and call me out for some things that um, I found I found to be a, a little bit of, of hypocrisy because the things that we were we were complaining about he was in direct violation of most of the time. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. By saying that, uh, it got back to a person who had direct influence on my on my job and basically I was told if I don't watch what I say that Louisiana is a fire at will state they do not need a reason and I'd ultimately be let go because of what I'm saying in the in the comfort of my own home well it's not even the comfort of your home but before ever being a fireman policeman paramedic doctor lawyer uh, like Adrian says all the time, you're a citizen. We have rights as citizens of, of freedom of speech. And it's not like we're... Listen, if they're doing wrong and the shoe fits them, that's on them. Don't be mad because I'm calling out what is the truth. Don't do it. Or, or change what you're doing and make it right. But the intimidation factor uh, has to stop. And let's while we're on that, I'm going to just say this. Go for it. That is one of the biggest discussions amongst people because I've gotten to meet with a lot of the, I call them younger guys just because by age they're younger than me, mm. but they have 7, 8, 10, 14 years in the fire service. And that's one of the things they say, well, I mean, we can't say nothing because, you know, if we do, we get fired. Well, let's look at getting fired. How many people are breaking the door down to be farming on the West Bank right now? Not a whole I lot. I just looked at somebody put a thing on Facebook of a most recent graduation from the Jefferson Parish Fire Training Center. Six departments were named. Seven firemen graduated. So it was basically one fireman for each department. Right? With one being added. Right. One department had two. So we got more than... Six departments in the whole parish, but six graduated or seven graduated. Mm -hmm. So there's not a whole lot of people, which is a shame. And we need to have recruitment efforts better to get guys in. But or girls, they they're not coming because of the salary that's there. It's not a favorable salary. Um, well, and that that, we'll, that we'll number, more, you said girls, so I, I'll segue off of that. Is these these older chiefs and, and board members don't want to see women in these departments full-time. And I don't know what, what it is, but recently there's been a trend upward of female graduates from the fire schools and not being employed. They're only being used as part-timers or, or volunteers, and they, you know, they're just kind of set off to the side, which I think is, is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I listen, 
male or female, for every one female you think isn't strong enough to do the job, there's a couple of guys out there that aren't strong enough to do the job, and vice versa. I mean, they think fire's too high. That's either. right. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't care. You go through the same training I go through. I I don't care what sex you are, how tall you are, how short you are. Right. Uh, let's just go get the job done. Um, as long as when I turn around, you're still behind me on that hose line. We ain't never have a problem. Right. But they there's just a lot of issues that need to come up and need to be brought out, and they don't want it. The the powers to be. Um, and you justify that in your mind, who are those powers, whether it's a elected councilman, parish president, or the, the boards and fire chiefs of the departments, whoever the powers to be, they just expect that we have to accept they're in that chair and they can do what they want. You just have to be quiet. No, 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 no. It's time to, times have changed and, and voices need to be heard. I am very strong with believing that the guys need and girls for whoever has the female firefighters out there they need to unite example last wednesday there was a president and chiefs association meeting so the presidents and chiefs are allowed to have an association and meet and talk but you telling me <clears throat> We as the firefighters, the operators on the truck, or the, the shift captains aren't allowed? No, no, no. We need, and I'm not saying it has to be a dues-paying union. <clears throat> there is one here on the West Bank that's solely up to individuals if they choose to want to join that. But I do think we need a united voice amongst the guys and girls to ask the questions of, raises or money or, or a lot has to do with manpower mm -hmm. i mean every training class you go to it's two in two out two in two out a rich team of two for this but yet there's one guy on the fire truck so we need there's a lot of things that need to come out and i am one that just believes as an example the city of kenner has a fire department and they have a, a local union matter of fact it's kenner firefighters association um 1427, I believe, is the number. And they had some issues going on out there and uh, under the old mayor who just recently lost the election. But they, they started putting things out and the public became aware of it. And the public is on the side of the firefighters. Well, that's what we need here. The, the family and friends and the people that I know within the 7th Fire District that I've talked to are all concerned about the issues I've brought to them. And I just think that's what we need. And guys need to quit being fearful. They're not replacing you now. Can they? Okay, where you're at. Let's just say your next tour, you decide, man, I don't feel like going to work. and calling in sick. So for that period of time, they, they get somebody to work overtime or stay extra and work it. But you got to look at the big picture. If you said, not only am I not coming in because I'm sick, I ain't coming back. There's nobody beating the door down for them to put in your place. No, so you do. I mean, I know a department you, right now that's over in the seventh district that the whole the whole crew, yeah. the whole shift, all three of them were out for whatever reason, be it vacation, be it sick, be it injured, all of them were out, and they still couldn't find enough people, really, to cover those three guys that are, were going to be out. Yeah, so, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they had to put out a um, like a mandatory overtime thing for, pretty the, much. for the guys that were on their six days off. So it, it's it's an issue that needs to be addressed because 
I'll tell you, I mean, I, I know I've talked to what I consider basically my stepson, even though I'm not married. We've been together 12 years, and I've been around him for 12 years, and he, he listens to a lot I say, and I know his mother has told him, if you get hurt because of the lack of manpower and the lack of chiefs that are willing to participate in the needed manpower thing, i.e. non-mile point Lavo fire departments, if you're not going to put your people out there so that we have safety in numbers, that he and his fiance, who's the mother of his three kids, needs to look at possible civil litigation. And to hold these, you're held accountable, he's held accountable, that captain's held accountable. Well, now it's time for these chiefs who want to hold the position, wear the hat, and drive free trucks, they need to be held accountable. And they're their accountability comes from the director of fire services, the councilman that is over this, because I was always under the impression the contracts were signed with the parish president. I'm now being told by chiefs and people from the parish that the contract is actually a contract between the sitting council and the departments. So mm. either way, either the parish president or the councilman needs to address and hold these chiefs that aren't participating in the where it's needed to participate. And that's not taking everything out on the fire chiefs. There's, there's issues. I've told you. You've seen it. I have a page called West Bank Fire in the 7th where I post a lot of things about money. I think the parish is withholding money that the voters voted for these departments to have. So, yeah, I think um, there's questions to be asked on where's the money at. Mm-hmm. And if we as the people voted for this district to get $5 million dollars, why are you only giving them three million? Give them the five million. So before you uh, continue on that, I, I just along with the papers uh, proving what we're talking about at the end of uh, each show, when, when we post the show uh, in the description or the links or anything like that, I'm also going to um, be posting where you can reach us down to the email the social medias i'm going to share the social medias um and shit i had something else i wanted to say and i don't remember what it was but go ahead oh no this is today this our introduction is just that what are we going to be talking about i can't wait for our next taping because that's going to be two hours of getting deep into Things such as Nine Mile Point Fire Department's chief over five months ago approached the other chief saying, I don't know if I have the money to continue payroll. So he's he's obvious, or it's obvious, that at least through the monthly allotment that payroll is being met, but there's a fire truck that's down, that another, the spare truck, because it's for the district, the spare truck's being used because they can't afford to fix the truck that's broke. Because they don't have the money. So, I mean, I want to get more in-depth in that because right now, I look at it as the... It was... I'm not accusing anybody of stealing. But it's a fiscally irresponsible management of the money or, in layman's terms, mismanagement by not only the chief but the board. And as easy as it is because it's been brought... Oh, well, you don't like him or he don't like you. Well, it's obvious that chief and me on a personal level don't like each other. But 
I, I stand here today or sit here today and say, and I've been saying it, I don't just fault him because there is a board of directors. That allows that it to happen. The, the boards are the ones that are actually in charge of the money for the departments. Right. They yield a lot to these chiefs, but it's, it's all of them. It's not just him. It's not just them. It's them collectively. Now, in saying that, the departments turn in a financial report, or at least they're supposed to, and I verified this by talking to the current director of fire services, who said yes. They turned in a thing, so I said, well, okay, what do y'all do with this financial report when it comes to your office? Because now, you're telling me you're getting it and y'all supposed to look at it. What, are you just looking at it as you put it in the desk drawer? So... I, again, I'm not the swiftest tool in the shed. I might not have the most education, but I'm definitely not the dumbest. If I'm turning my financial report, or the non-mile is turning in the financial report to the director of fire services office, it's not like the day he went to the other chiefs and said, I'm going broke, that they were just going broke that day. That right, should have been, been caught. Happening. I tried. It should have been caught well before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know... That we got some listeners that are friends with us or related to us that have heard this before. So to them, it sounds like a broken record. But again, we're trying to educate the new listeners or the new public. Right. I'm going to reiterate that this is going to be on your Spotify, your Apple Music, your Amazon Prime, you know, video and all that. We're going to be on most major streaming services that are heard around the world. People that are into true crime and people that are into actual everyday fire and first responder things are going to try to give this a listen. My job and and Brian's job is to cater to those listeners to make for not only good content, but truthful content. I'm not here to mislead anyone. You're not here to mislead anyone. And again, talking about stuff, we are going to post the proof. What I was getting at before when I I lost track, we each have individual pages outside of our, our podcast facebook he just said he's got west bank in the uh west bank fire in the seventh which is probably probably going to uh echo everything that we say on this yes um so we'll again we'll post the links to these pages so y'all can actually see the proof if you have any questions again we encourage you i want you to email us that way we can get all of this taken care of it ain't got to be no he said, she said like before where it was like, oh, y'all are talking misguided. Y'all don't let's, have any proof. Let, let's touch on that. All right, go ahead. Talk man. about the go misguiding and this and that. It's funny. When when you're discussing the topic, or let, let's just cut it. When I'm discussing the topic, or I'm calling truth out on A, B, and C, D, E, and F, oh, Brian, you're right, man. And all oh, this, you you absolutely correct. And then all of a sudden, the truth that I'm spitting out has something to do with affecting D, E, and F. Oh, that Brian, he don't know what he's talking about. He's uneducated. He don't follow up. I had a chief from the 7th District that was saying that. Him and, and his assistant was saying, that, oh, you don't, you don't follow up stuff. You don't investigate stuff. So I went to him one day, and we had a discussion, and I showed him the paperwork ahead. Well, how did you get that? Well, I used to at one time be a detective and do investigations. So... I'm not, listen, that doesn't make me any better than that, Chief. I just happen to take advantage of doing this in an investigation. I'm even willing to sit here and tell you when it comes to, like, uh, 
a CPA type investigation audit. Uh, I'm not a numbers man. I don't. Uh, that that's a an in-depth investigation beyond even my pay grade. But I'm smart enough to know what what and how to do in an investigation. Right. And I've always done that. And when we've had many discussions since then, and he's he's kind of agreed and seen some and. Um, it's funny because he, with this latest incident that I'm, I've got some paperwork on, which is some budgetary money from not only this year but since 2020 and projected money for 2023. I was talking to him and he said, "Yeah, you know, I, I had said maybe we just need to sick Miller on him." And I was like, "Listen, you don't need to sick me on anything. Well, I'm going to you say that." <laughs> You don't need to sick me on them. I'm going to have my comments or my opinions or my paperwork posted on my pages. But it a lot of like what I want to bring up in regards to the parish and money is I want the people to know. You voted as taxpayers for this money. Yes, for everything I could sit here and tell you that this fire chief's not doing or that fire chief's not doing. That's easy. But... On the side of the fire chiefs and boards of the 7th District, you can look, you don't need to be uh, have a degree in math to see that the fire district is not getting all the money that the voters voted on. And right. that's, that's, no, 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 no. We voted for you to get, and again, I'm just throwing these numbers out. If the, the tax base voted for 25 mils and it equaled $7 million, I don't need the parish to hold back for a rainy day. That's the chief's job to hold back what he needs right. to for the future. That's the point of submitting operational right. budgets, capital you improvement get, budgets, and things it. of that nor, uh, uh, nature. Because, so if seven million is yeah. what the millage collects, seven million is divided by the five departments, and they do their operation. Yes, I am one that does believe in consolidation, but I also don't believe that it takes the whole West Bank to be consolidated as much as I think the district needs to be consolidated. Mm-hmm. But even in that, if if the money was right, I even with the two chiefs that I think aren't doing their job, what their job calls for, if they got truly the money they're supposed to be, how do we know that they wouldn't have four guys on every truck and the numbers would be there, f- which makes it safer for, you know, there's a, it's a big issue, Larry. Well, it's and, a, it's and, a big but topic. But then too, you would you would alleviate a lot of issues. Manpower-wise, which is something big that we talked about, you, right. you know, that was one of the biggest issues is the lack of manpower within the district. So if you're getting adequate amounts of money, the money that you're actually supposed to be getting, we can supply these departments with extra guys, Listen, even even if it's day men. I'm, I'm going to say it like this, and I'm not going to say where you work at. That's something... That you will or will not do. That, that I told you not to. No, I'm, I'm, but and, and I'm not. But my thing is this. But... Here's, a, here's five departments. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm saying it. Brian Miller's saying it. Nine Mile, Bridge City, Avondale, Herbert Wallace, where, uh, Live Oak. They all have mutual aid agreements to respond with each other in the district. However, above and beyond that, Avondale, Bridge City, and Herbert Wallace provide what they call a manpower man. If there's a fire that comes out in, let's say, Nine Mile in Bridge City. Mm-hmm. Well, not only is Nine Mile and Bridge City's assigned trucks going to it, now Herbert Wallace and Avondale are going to send one, possibly two if they have it, 
one guy in a pickup truck to go to that call so that you're having manpower. Same thing going the other way in the district. If Live Oak catches a fire, Bridge City, Avondale, Herbert Wallace send a man or two men. Matter of fact, we was by there today and a, a structure fire tone come out and Bridge City actually sent two guys in the spare truck to go. So at minimum, you get one, you get, maybe get two. So mm -hmm. Live Oak has the fire. All the remaining part of the, well, Avondale, Bridge City, and Herbert Wallace are sending at least one man each as manpower to that call. Nine miles not sending by anybody because they can't, we know this, can't afford anybody right now. Right. So Live Oak is accepting the manpower help. They're being covered and benefiting, that's the word I was looking for. Right. They're benefiting from the other departments participating in a, an agreed upon manpower issue. Mm -hmm. Well, Herbert Wallace and Avondale catch a structure fire. Bridge City's going to send a manpower guy there. Live Oak sends nobody. So you want to benefit, you want to benefit chief and board of directors on a manpower issue that you yourself don't want to participate in to reciprocate back to Avondale, Bridge City, Herbert Wallace, and Nine Mile. So we're going to say that Nine Mile saying that they don't have the money, which that's been discussed by, not by me, but with me, by several chiefs, including the director of fire services, when I was able to, get, to speak to him, that they're having money issues, so they're not. Is Live Oak having money issues? When you look at if things... You ask them, they are. But when you look at things, and, and more than one chief has said that they're sitting on a couple of hundred thousand dollars, why can't they hire, even if it's a day guy? Why can't even the rescue truck go as the manpower to, to certain areas? You, I, I get tired of hearing, well, they can't go beyond the railroad tracks. Property Insurance Association of Louisiana that does the rating for the district doesn't take railroad tracks into consideration. But... Either way, three people are providing manpower for a five-department district that one has no money to assist in the manpower and the other one has no desire to participate in the manpower. And I don't agree with that. Now, is it to me, I'm sitting here discussing it, maybe it should be the other three chiefs and maybe they are, but who ultimately ought to be saying something? And unless he doesn't have the power. Maybe he doesn't have the authority. But they said the director of fire services is there for a reason. If not him, there's a councilman for Live Oak, which is Wagaman. That's District 3. And or from every source that I've talked to, it's been said that they have put, that the administration and the council has decided to let Councilman Bonanno of District 2 handle all fire-related issues because he at one time was a volunteer fireman and he's been a policeman. So maybe it has to come from him that they need to... Who's who's going to hold... Uh, there's a, a, a Latin saying, uh, Ipsos custod custodiates, um, but it basically is... I don't speak who's Latin, gonna guard. <laughs> Who's going to guard the guardians? Yeah. So to me, the guardians are the board of directors and the fire chiefs who hold us or you and the others that are captains, 
operators and fire, hold y'all accountable for your job. Well, who's holding them accountable for their jobs? Right. Somebody needs to step forward and say, you need to participate. And if you don't and you don't have the money, well, maybe we need to take it over. Because it is the obligation of the parish to provide fire protection to the citizens of this parish. And I mean, again, we this is, this is just a, a table of a topic. We got a whole room, a whole house to talk about. Right. This is such a big... And, and again, I don't want to make it sound like it's just happening here. Man, if you do any kind of research just across the nation, fire departments in every city, county, state, region, north side, south side, east side, west side, all of them are, are dealing with money issues and manpower issues. Well... We, I'm not one that is, I don't want to see the guys in North Carolina suffering, mm-hmm. but I also want to make sure that we take care of what we have to hear. Right. And if this show can help out North Carolina, California, Texas, or wherever, and they want to call in and be part of the show and let, let's get out with their issues, oh, ah, man, come on. Right. I, and myself, I welcome it. Um, mm-hmm. I've already given out the email. It's going to be given out again. Um, I guess to to segue off of what you just said, we are talking about local tonight, and a lot of it's going to be local once again, but, and the whole fire thing. We are talking a lot about fire because I am currently a fireman, Brian was a fireman, um, and, and we're both from Jefferson Parish. We both live around this area, so it is directly affecting us. That's why we're so passionate about it, but that's not to say we're not going to venture off and speak about a police department in Tennessee if they're doing something wrong, or if we disagree with the way a, a county or a parish is running their operations, then we'll speak on it. It's just not prominent to us at the moment. Well, the prominence, let's talk about that. First off, I mean, I would bring up, if there was issues that we could bring up that were maybe safety, security, or or pay issues for like law enforcement from the area i'd bring that up but sitting here i will tell you i think the jefferson parish sheriff's office is doing a good job mm-hmm. i mean i think within the municipalities that are within the parish kenna harahan gretna and west um, we go along with lafitte i think the law enforcement end of it they're doing their job right we now have to address especially with the parish I mean, the, the the voters of Jefferson Parish felt like it was a needed thing, and they voted for an additional tax so the sheriff could provide better service, bring on more recruitment, and to give his current officers, which they call retention, give them a raise so it re- keeps them on the job. I, I, it's still an ongoing process, but... We're not declining like the city of New Orleans when it comes to law enforcement. And that's something that we're going to end up talking about. And, and we will, and, and, yeah. You know, the lack of, <clears throat> we talk, we're harping on manpower. New Orleans is going through it. But, but uh, you know, it, I'll, I'll give you an example of using NOPD and, and the guys that I consider over here with the fire service on the West Bank. Last week, last Friday, there was a young policeman for NOPD that had been working in the the eighth district and halfway in his shift he was like you know what i'm tired of it it's unsafe i'm by myself 
think I'm just going to head to the house. And he texted his supervisor and he was like, deuces, brother, I'm going. Yeah. Now, do I think they do the same thing here? The administration turned it into, well, he abandoned his people. He abandoned the citizens. He abandoned his brothers and sisters. That and man was not no. adequately being provided. Right. You abandoned him and his pe his <clears throat> fellow officers. Right. I mean, we're, we're big on morale. <clears throat> right. Uh, uh, around all services, uh, first responder, right. you know, oriented. And these people... I, I, and I, I, I say these people are in a position of power. Um, Chief, what is this, Ferguson in New mm -hmm. Orleans, basically called this man a coward without calling right. him a coward. But uh, is failing to realize that, the, that he's not being adequately provided the things he needs to perform his duties. That happens in the fire service too. And then they want to talk about morale being down. Well, what what are you doing for me? It's and I don't want it to be a scratch my back, I scratch yours type thing. But what what do I have to look forward to when I come to work in the morning to to motivate me to put that uniform on, do my job, and know without a shadow of a doubt, if I get hurt or something happens, my family's good. You know, right? And that's something else we'll elaborate on later. If, if we don't listen to, we, we don't have the services or the or the the, the things needed to provide the right. people for the you know what what they deserve. What I was gonna the reason I was giving that example to put it together with like the fire service over here is if you listen to their union president, the fraternal uh, the New Orleans Police Union, mm -hmm. their president says our issue is not money. We, we actually make a pretty good salary at whatever level our issue is numbers the numbers game we're not safe our backlog calls all that so that was a young kid i mean i want to say he was like 23 or 24 yeah, years old i think old. he was only on the job for like a year maybe yeah but he left and to me that's the one we that's <clears throat> what we're losing and gonna lose over here it's listen there's guys in the west bank fire service that have been doing it for for 30, 40 years. And we know they're going to be leaving soon, within the next two, three, four, five years. That's something that's expected. So you got to try to find a replacement to replace them. That's not what bothers me, that's who's leaving. What bothers me is guys that have 8, 10, 12, 14 years are talking about not leaving. I'm not leaving, let's just use them as an example. I'm not leaving Avondale Fire Department because I'm going to go work in Harvey. I'm going to go to Terrytown. I'm leaving... The fire service. That to me is a problem. Because we're not losing the older guy that has reached retirement. We're losing our experience. The guys that are out there carrying the load doing the work. And we're not only losing them. There's nobody standing at the door to replace them. And, and I don't even consider consolidation the answer for that sure we want consolidation we want one chief one board whatever but when it but, was being discussed they didn't have an answer I, for anything i know that and i agree with you or you have the older guy saying why should i want you to have a retirement nobody gave me a retirement right i'm sorry that i feel bad for the guys that have 30 40 years in and nobody fought for them to get a retirement but is that a reason not to help out our up and coming right no i want y'all to have a retirement I told you before, on podcasts we had before, 
I'm not offended. When I first got into West Bank Fire Service in 2013, I literally made $7.50 an hour. I'm not offended that the guy coming on now, if he gets 10 to $12, that's mean we've progressed as we should. We should be progressing okay, forward. <laughs> um, and, and I know you pointed at... Yeah, at so we got, we got about four minutes left uh, of the show, so we're going to get to the nitty-gritty. Uh, we, we talked about budgeting and uh, the entire district as a whole getting a set amount of money right. and where it's allocated. So we have some papers here that he's going to discuss just about a particular allocation of these funds that could be probably... Well, there's questions that I have from it. Like on one of them, one of the line items is utility billing. The district is paying utility billing, and and it was 19000 in 2020, and it's going to be 24000 in 2023. Well... Each department is paying utilities for their stations. So why is the parish collecting money from the district on utility billing? I don't understand that. Mm. And we need somebody to answer that from the parish. Um, another one is fire administration and training facility. Why is the district, who in 2020, uh, 20000 was taken from the district as a whole, basically $4,500 a department. In 2023, that same 20000 is now going to be 125000 for the, the fire administration training facility. So in two years, it's gone up 100000 And what more and, resources and if, are they providing? Right, to, to right. And if you that. look at that, that's 25000 basically 25000 a department for the 7th District. And, so does that mean all 13 departments in the Paris of Jefferson are paying 25000 for... The fire right, director, of fire, right. the parish created the director of fire services. They should be paying for that out of their general budget. Why is the fire department paying for? And if you go by what the chief say, and you go by what the director of fire service said, he has no authority on fire suppression when it comes to the departments. Well, then why are we paying him? We paying him to be a middleman to say, hey, X Y Z department needs a new truck. Oh, okay, listen, the councilman said that he'll go ahead and make a resolution to, to uh, get y'all a new truck. Which, there again, there's a comment there. If you read the article that was put out by NOLA.com uh, and the news media when Councilman Bonanno said that they're going to do research, get a company to study about consolidating. Because we have duplicate equipment within the fire service on the West Bank. He's absolutely right. The only thing he forgot to say, the council's the one that makes the resolution and approves these departments to buy the equipment, i.e. there's a, uh, a rescue truck that's going to be purchased in the 8th district for a million dollars. They approved it. So, of course, this 8th district department's going to go buy it. You just told me we could spend a million dollars on it. <laughs> and if it's a duplicate or it's not needed, do we blame... It's easy to blame, I should say, the chief and the fire department. You approved it. Right. Don't approve the duplicate equipment, and we can fix that. There's, there's a whole lot. Listen, we're about to end this for tonight. Yeah, so this this was just the intro show to basically let Next y'all show. understand what's going to be happening. But what we just talked about, what we just touched on the last three, four minutes, I'm going to post that. I'm going to yeah. post the proof on our page. That way y'all can look over it. 
uh, interpret it how you want to interpret it. Um, next next show we will get more in depth. If you have, have any questions uh, for our local listeners, because mainly what we talked about was local tonight. If you have anything that you want us to bring up via your department, via you know just general concern, whether you're a citizen, you're an active fireman, you're a policeman. If you have anything you want us to bring up, talk about, or even find fact on, go Reach ahead. Out. Go ahead and email us. Like I said, it is sirenspodcastofficial at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email. We will get back to you. Uh, but I will preface that by saying this. If you want us to bring something up about your department, please do not be the person who, when we do bring it up, you throw us under the bus and say, oh, well, they're just assholes looking to pick on us. <laughs> we had that in the past with the last podcast that we did, uh, similar to this one where people were giving us and feeding us information, and then when it was brought out and, well, this one said that. Oh, I never said that. Those guys are just picking on us. Don't be that guy. Don't be right. that guy. If you want to say something, if it's that bad, don't be scared. The only way we're going to be heard and the only way anything is going to happen and find a solution to any of these problems if, is if we all band together, we voice our opinions you and our ch- concerns. You want change? You got to help assist in affecting the change. So with that being said, be the change. On our exit now, we're at 101. Uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, the Sound of Sirens podcast. You can find us on Instagram under the same moniker. You can find us on Twitter. We will have a YouTube page coming uh, with the with the video, we will be found on Spotify. We will be found on all most most major streaming services because some of them require different things. Uh, we'll be getting all of this up and running within the next couple days. The audio will be available tomorrow, whether I have to post a Spotify link or the uh, the streaming service that we follow right now's link. You will be able to find it. I will post it. It will be on the page. Also. If you are interested in being a sponsor for the show, this is not free, ladies and gentlemen. We do have to pay an allotment per month. Um, it's not that expensive, so I don't want to make it seem like we're, we're in over our head on it. But if you would like to be a sponsor for merchandise, if you would like to be a sponsor for, hell, anything. If you just want us to bring your, your company up and shout you out, we will be exclusive to your company. If you're merchandising, we will only allow your merchandise company to be the official sponsor of okay. our podcast. Whether it be a $20 donation, a $50 donation, a $100 donation, hell, a $1,000 donation, we would gladly uh, accept it and appreciate it. Reach out to us again. Somebody gives us a $100,000 donation, I Listen. will be at their business video in every day. Right, every <laughs> single day. I'll quit my job. So listen, <laughs> again... We're, we're looking for sponsors. We hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. Um, please follow us, like us, rate us, review us on all streaming platforms. Uh, we will see y'all again next week for our first two-hour show. And uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Now, two hours next week is going to be a lot more in-depth on the 7th Fire District. I promise you that. And the parish. Well, everybody better pull their britches up and get ready because uh, we are coming. On. We are coming for it and uh, can't wait to give it to you. So that'll be it for the Sound of Sirens podcast for this week. I'm one half of your host, Larry Frederick. And I'm for- Brian Miller. 
Yeah. So y'all have a good night. See y'all next time.